Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loons fans, to another edition of Loon Talk. Jonathan Harrison here, joined once again by Voice of the Loons, Dan Tarr, and our trusting producer, AJ Fredrickson. Boys, final time we're doing it this year. This is the final episode. How are we doing? I'm doing great, but I don't think we can call him trusted producer anymore. He's he's jumping ship to, yeah, you know, go to a better us. deal. The grass is greener somewhere, apparently. No, no, I'll still I'll still be around in a capacity. You know, when that I'll Tom see. Bernard money comes calling, you can't, you can't yeah. reject it. <laughs> yeah, when uh, when that kind of money comes along, you got to run. Hey, hey now, hey <laughs> Got to run. No need, be able, no need for any of this. You might be able to finally afford a haircut. Hey! Maybe. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm waiting on. Finally, I can... <laughs> Walk in there and flash the cash. <laughs> Chop it off, good sir. <laughs> All right, let's jump right into it. Uh, we've got one thing to discuss and one thing only uh, after the Loons' 3 1 loss to Sporting Kansas City on decision day, ending their long eight month campaign of the 2023 <laughs> season. No playoffs for the first time in five years. Uh, interesting uh, feeling there for me because it's the only time I've ever been on the broadcast as a host that they haven't made the playoffs. So that's a little weird for me. Uh, but uh, here we go, boys. Let's uh, let's jump into this. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about that game because it was very irritating. I kind of want to just talk about the season as a whole, uh, which also was also very what irritating. What you going to say? Well. Is that better? <laughs> no, it's it's really not. Uh, so let's, let's jump into the game. A very disappointing result. Uh, they went with a change formation, Christmas tree, which I liked that idea, but uh, it just didn't come off. It didn't work. Uh, Sporting Kansas City adapted to it pretty easily and then just, took over from about the 28th minute on when Johnny Russell scored his first of two goals, because of course guys, if Minnesota season was going to come to an end against sporting Kansas city, it was going to be Johnny Russell doing it. We, uh, it, it, it turns out the formation wasn't the problem. <laughs> uh, and oh, we don't, man. and we don't have a Johnny Russell. What? No, we don't when? have it here. Here's what I'm left with. This is this. Is, I'm going to go this yeah. way because this is what I've been thinking about for the last 48 hours. Okay. We have, we have Emmanuel Reynoso, one of the most skilled players in the league. We don't have a Johnny Russell though. Johnny Russell is skilled, but Johnny Russell is tenacious. Johnny Russell is aggressive. Johnny Russell is so smart in, in what he does. And even though I would say Emmanuel Reynoso is more highly skilled than Johnny Russell, we don't have a Johnny Russell. Who's our closest thing to a Johnny Russell? I Robin would say Lutter, maybe Robin Loader, Timo Pukki when when they get going. Uh, but they're but they're both they're Finns. They they're not Johnny they're not. Scottish, what you I want a Scottish. No, a Scottish will you know run a sword a through Scottish your heart guy, and then keep we running to Colorado. We trade him to Colorado. <laughs> You know, you know what I mean. Six years ago, now, you're 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 comparing talent levels. Yeah, yeah I'm right. talking about a talent level like Robin Lud, but a uh, attitude like Franco Fragapani. You know what I mean? We don't have one of those guys. I guess the closest would be Franco Fragapani when he got when he first got here, but he's not that yeah. anymore. He just isn't. Yeah, we no, we must that. have we, saw we Americanized him. We yeah. Americanized him or something. I don't know. Is he going to McDonald's a lot or what's going on with, with Franco? But anyway, that's what <laughs> I was McDonald's left with is we have good players and we have talented players. But I don't we don't have that that sandpaper guy. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what he is. 
he is he he plays aggressive. He's he's dirty. He fights and but yet at the end of the day, his first goal. What a beautiful goal! I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, so that's my thought. We don't have one of those, and um, yeah, we were never in the we were never in that match, AJ. I don't at least at least from my from my seat, we were never in it. I think that's the most frustrating thing is this is a must win game, and we we talked about it all in the the kind of lead in show. We talked about it on last week's episode. It wasn't necessarily in their hands. Like there was some other stuff that needed to happen. But in the, in the sense of it, the odds to have the other things fall into place were more than probably like a flip of the coin. It was not a sure thing, but I felt really good about it. I, wasn't not, I was not worried at any point that like one of the other three decisions that we needed wouldn't, wouldn't happen. You know, one of the three teams that we needed to drop points would. Yeah. The biggest thing was whether or not the Loons could actually win. And for a must-win game to force that hand and get yourself into the playoffs, I mean, it was just so flat. They, 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 yeah. they had, they had the time to, you know, game plan. They had a week off to game plan, to strategize, and we saw a different formation than what they're used to. And you know, the, I'm sure there was some plan of attack heading into the night. But as soon as they got out there, they pulled out of the garage, and all four tires were flat. They, 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 <laughs> they, they just all look. fell off. They exactly. fell off. Yeah, they actually it, weren't it, even it, on. <laughs> yeah, didn't even have it, I don't know if you guys with. have ever seen the old F1 clip where. A guy's about to go out into a turn, into a turn or into a corner at like 200 miles an hour, and all four tires just pop off, and they just go <laughs> off into the wall, and he just kind of slides. Yeah. That's that kind of what it felt like on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and it, to it, Dan's point, he's right. Johnny Russell, he like soccer is the beautiful game. And, you know, it's it's this dance. Johnny Russell is like sandpaper. Like he's rough and he's gritty. But when he's done, that finished product is smooth. And that's what that that first goal was beautiful. He almost had another, actually. He almost yeah. had a hat trick yeah. uh, that he almost beat Dane St. Clair to that far post again with that left-footed uh, curler. But, I mean, he he's a guy that he has those moments of brilliance and, like, that's, he shows that skill and finesse. But all the other, like, he even looks the part. Like, he's gritty. He's got the two yeah. arm sleeves. He's got the beard. He, he looks <laughs> like he's got two black yeah. eyes at all times. Like, this guy just got in a bar fight and then walked onto the pitch and kicked his ass. You know? He does look like he does look like he just came out of a bar, doesn't he? He yeah, just looks like, like that guy. Yeah. And, and Dan's right. The <laughs> Loons just don't have that. I'm not going to say he's, like, an enforcer. He's not. He, but he's a guy that holds his own. He's aggressive. He's strong. He's well-built. And, he, you know. For the most part, he's mobile and he's got the skill. So the loons, they just didn't have the guy to kind of counter that. And when you when you go up against a guy like that, Sporting Kansas City is going to have that advantage until they want to take him off the pitch. Because he's going to go up and be stronger than anybody else he's, he's going against, whether it's on defense or offense the entire night. Yeah, I, I think for me it was just overall it was a very disappointing performance with the season on the line. And as you said, AJ, uh, it just felt like with the club needing three, one of – one result from three games that one, one of those games was going to go the loons way. And it certainly did. Houston went Minnesota's way. So did San Jose. Both those games went Minnesota's way. FC Dallas is the only one that didn't. And that's the one when we talked about it last week, we felt least convinced that it would happen about of those three matches. And surprisingly enough, it was a four, one result for FC Dallas. But uh, with, with the loons needing to take care of business on their own, then they just didn't, they came out flat. They came out just ready to go go home and go to the beach already. And that was the most disappointing thing, especially coming off a five, two effort against the galaxy when the season was on the line and coming off the back of a five, one loss. 
They come out and completely run roughshod over the galaxy. And you expected something similar. Not, I guess, not running roughshod over Kansas City because that just doesn't happen. But you, you expected some fight, and there just wasn't any. And I think that's the most irritating and disappointing and embarrassing thing from that game on Saturday. And I think, for me, I know I always like to bring up the, the, the record in Kansas City. And everybody's like, oh, they want to play off games, so it doesn't matter. I don't think you can say that anymore. It's 0 and 9 and you've been outscored 25 to 3. You can't pin, you can't have hang the the one playoff win anymore. You have to find a way to have a better result in Kansas City than we've ever had. I think the closest was what? 1-0, a 1-0 loss, but every other time you're getting outscored by two at least two goals and that is embarrassing. I think the, whoever the next coach is, the first interview question is, can you win in Kansas City? <laughs> Can you not lose by multiple goals in Kansas City? Because if you can't, then I don't want you here. Because that result needs to be turned around. You can't, especially if the league is going to continue scheduling these two teams three times every season against each other, you can't continually just be laying down at the sword of Kansas City every time you go there or play them. Like You have to find a way to play better against them, and they never do, and they haven't in seven years. So I think that, that for me is the most irritating thing, is that they continue to find ways despite their current run of form to go in there and just lay down stinkers. And I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm embarrassed by it and I want it to change, but I don't know what needs to change because it's, it's been different players throughout the seven years that have gone down there and still getting, still go down there and get whooped every time. And I don't, I don't know what, what the answer to that is other than just throwing all the money at Peter Vermees and telling him, Hey, you take (laughs) over this team, but that's not going to happen. So it's just, I don't know. I'm irritated by that point, but Overall, they missed the playoffs disappointingly and irritatingly. Um, kind of expected after how the, the end of the season went, going on a seven-match winless streak, firing your coach with two games left. Uh, yeah, the 5-2 result gave you some life to go into that final game, but it all just ended, it all ended up where we all kind of expected it would with them missing the playoffs. So I think this may be probably the easiest question I ever asked you guys. Was this season a failure? Oh, yeah. Uh, this, uh, when you've made the the playoffs four years in a row, that's the bar to me. Um, you're you're not going to win the MLS cup every year. You're not going to get there every year, but if if, what you want is a team. And I know there are certain supporters that think that if you haven't won, until you've won a MLS cup, you're, you're a disappointment every year. But at the end of the day, you want to be in the postseason every year. And, and you hope that, you know, eventually you you make a run and, and go deep into it. Um, so yeah, not making the playoffs is kind of the bottom bar, especially, uh, with the expanded playoffs, you know, uh, absolutely that was the bar. And, and even if they had gotten in and then lost in the play in game, I would still probably say, yeah, that's a, that's a disappointment. I think the, the bar is even a little higher than that, but yeah, to me, absolutely coming. If I go back to the beginning of the season, um, there were some questions if you can remember that long ago, because, uh, Reynoso wasn't here. Mm-hmm. So, and we still didn't really have a striker, um, you know, and so there were a lot of questions, but we never said, well, I just hope they make the playoffs. We kind of assumed they would. And, uh, and so, yeah, to me, there's no doubt that this season is a disappointment and, and, and firing the coach at, with two matches left added a lot of drama and, and turmoil in the, uh, in the clubhouse. Uh, so it, it was it wasn't a great situation, but you know. Here we are. Now we're kind of going to get a fresh start, hopefully. I think it'd be hard to argue this isn't a disappointment, you know? Like, how yep. how could it not be? Like Dan said, first off, the expanded playoffs. Two-thirds of the conference get into the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
and you, and, and you're a team that and like, it's not like you're missing too much talent. I understand your star player. He started the season late, but you added what should be like an elite striker for the MLS. And I think, I think Damon Puki showed that uh, he did have that at times. It took a little longer for the car to warm up. than I think a lot of fans maybe wanted to, and we didn't see it as much um, on Saturday night, but uh, it, it's with the expanded playoffs. It's, it's a shame that this team couldn't get in, you know, for how think about how many points dr- were dropped. Um, not just on the road at times, but at home, Hey, that, that cannot happen. You have a, yeah. you, you literally have one of those, uh, one of those losses swing the other way and you're in the playoffs. That's, that's the solution there. One home win, one more home win. It, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's sad. Um, I mean, yeah. And Jonathan, to your point, to win a game in St. Louis or in, in Kansas city at this point, or even draw. Yeah. You have to get some type of result. <laughs> it's incredible that you can't get a point outscore. Yeah. What you said, they're not, 25 uh, to oh, three. 25 to three, they're 0 and 9. Yep. That's that is ludicrous. But there's but there's no but guys, there's no explanation for it. Well, it I, it's I, it's I not, what, you know. I need to see a time log of what they do every time they go there. Do they put them in in a motel six? Are they <laughs> feeding them like the worst food imaginable? Why are they why do they look so bad on the field? Are they sick? Are they what like are they not sleeping? What is happening? Do they bust them in there instead of taking a flight? What is happening that they go to the blue hell and all of a sudden it's literally the blue hell. They just can't do anything. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. It's unexplainable. I mean, it That's really it, is yeah. because, because most of these players weren't around for the first six losses in Kansas city. Uh, most of the players, there's more players around from that playoff win in Kansas city than from the first, you know, six losses in Kansas city. So it's not the team as a group. It's not, you know, it's not Adrian Heath's fault. We know that now. Um, it wasn't because the formation wasn't right. We tried a different formation. Um, it's just, I think it's just one of those sports uh, situations that don't make sense. It just doesn't. And, you know, it, it doesn't do any good to try and figure it out. You just got to go there and keep going there until you get a win. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering if we'll be there twice next year because they were here twice. Yeah, I'm. Oh, goody! <laughs> no, we were there twice this year. We, oh, that's right. We lost twice there and one. Oh man! Yeah, we lost yeah, that's right. three games to them this year. So, season. so next year they'll probably be here twice if they schedule or, the same way. Well, I don't think they will because San Diego and their awful, horrible, no good looking badges <laughs> going to oh, be joining so. the league next year. Badges, badges. Yeah. San Diego went into that design committee like badges. Badges, good colors. We don't need those stinking we badges or good colors. Badges. <laughs> I want a chrome. Dan, I bet you AJ doesn't get that reference. No, he's too young. No, that flew over my he's head. He's never seen get... UHF. <laughs> Such a great movie. Go home and w- go dial up UHF. It is a great, fantastic Weird Al Yankovic movie. Oh, Write it down, no, AJ. I'll, Write no, it down. What? I'm no. Out on, I'm out on Weird Al. No, yeah, like, I you get it. There's he does that movie is stuff. that movie is vintage perfect eighties. It is it is a glorious movie. Go watch it. You will laugh. You will have a very good time if you watch it. Trust me. All right, back on to uh, proceedings into less happier notes. Just a very disappointing way to end the season. And obviously, the big question is where do they go next with the head coach and general manager? But there's a lot of questions for players on this team as well. I mean, Michael Boxel's got a contract option, and Andy Greeter. Wrote about it earlier this month that under Adrian Heath, that option was going to be picked up. But now who knows with the new management, what's going to happen there. Will Trapp's out of contract. 
there's a couple other guys out of contract as well. Uh, there's just there's going to be a lot more holes on this roster than I think we thought there would be going into the season. Um, because I mean, the biggest ones that you have to fill right now are the fullback positions because clearly what was going, what was used all season long in DJ Taylor and a mixture of Kamar Lawrence and, uh, Ethan Bristow just didn't work. You got Bristow locked up for a couple years, uh, right behind him. You have Devin Padelford who they basically do the same thing. So how do you figure out who's going to play there? They're both around the same age, if not the same age, but you've got to figure out your fullback situation. You've got to fi- figure out who's going to play center back alongside Miguel Tapias, and that proved to be a really good signing. Uh, does Hassani Dotson move back into the midfield now that you have Caden Clark coming in, Robin Lodes coming back? How do you how, – there's there's certainly some, some promise in the attack, but now all of a sudden the defense, there's some holes that you need to fill in, and uh, I think those are the biggest questions this offseason when it comes to the roster. Obviously, we already know about the head coach and the general manager situation, but as it comes to the roster – it's all about what you do on that defense because that needs to be shored up because we saw at the end of the season, it let them down time and time again. Yeah. I, I, you know, and Michael Boxel is a good place to start because at 35 years old, he's not done, but you'd hate to see him go somewhere else. Is it become a, a three man uh, middle back, uh, not three on the pitch, but where, where you rotate players and Michael Boxel maybe doesn't play when there's two games a week and, and you have Bakai Debasi should be ready to go back in the middle. Right. I don't, I don't think he's going to stay, uh, as a win, you know, out there on the left side, is he? I don't think so. I'm yeah, but assuming if you they're putting gonna... Bakai there. You have to move Miguel Tapias over to the right side, and he's a left footed center back, so you're not going to move him there. So we need another right footed uh center back yeah. to move to you know, so I don't know what they'll do with that situation. Um, I, but I think most people would like to see Michael Boxel f- finish his run as a member of Minnesota United, but a lot of that's up to Michael. So, um, and, and as far as that left back, which I think is kind of our biggest problem right now, right? Um, right back too. Both of yeah. Them. Um, you know, Bristow might still be the guy. I think between Padelford and Bristow, I think we, we might be able to make that work. Um, if Bristow can, I don't know, figure it out. Is that the right way of putting it? He just, yeah, he just, I think that's the right way to put it. Adrian, he yeah. mentioned it a couple times when he was still with the team. Yep. We did the pre-match interviews that he just was in his head too much and was trying to do too much all, all at once. Just calm down, let the game come to you and, and play the way we know, or the mm-hmm. team knows that he can play. That's why they signed him because they, right. they trust in his talent. It's just, he was mentally all over the place and could never just settle down. Yeah. So, and, and I think, I don't know what the situation is on the contract for uh, Valentine, but you know, I think that they, I think they probably feel that they can upgrade from that. Um, and if he's still with the club, you know, he's probably not a starter. So yeah. uh, he's, he's had his opportunities over there and, and, and that hasn't really been where, which way they want to go. So, uh, and then DJ Taylor too, you know, where is he at? At times it looked like he might be the guy for the future. And then at times he really struggled. So uh, you're right. There are a lot of questions back there defensively for this club. A lot more than we thought there would be because defense for so long has always been the strength and has always been what you could count on. And that's changed. And, and that's going to make for an interesting offseason. Yeah, um, I, I think Bristow, I would like to see him back um, within like a starting role next season. I Just because of coming over from Tramere Rovers, a League Two side in, in England, I think it's a step up to go from there to the MLS. I know maybe oh, some yeah, people, big step yeah, up. I, 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 I think it's a major step up. 
Um, so I don't know. Maybe his head just wasn't in the right spot, and maybe there was just that transition because he came over. I want to say really, really, really late in the yeah. window. So it was. It felt like a. It wasn't a well, last because the deal, Kamar but, Lawrence situation broke down, and they needed a new yeah. left back. Um, I think he shows promise. I, I like you said yeah. with uh, with Heath's comments. I think it's there, but it's it. He wasn't. It the skill set is there, but his mind wasn't there. So I want to see that offseason, collect himself, get more acquainted with uh, the team, the club, get into the system, especially under whatever manager is going to come in and kind of hopefully reshape some things um, and get him back out there. I think just a little bit of um, complacency, not not complacency, because that's usually associated with like a negative uh, connotation. Consistency? Cons- uh, comfortableness of just being here, you know, um, yeah. making making that jump. Maybe mentally he wasn't ready for it and prepared for it as much as he thought when uh, when the transfer was made. So I think uh, you know a calendar year to actually get back, get his feet under things, and you know have that feeling of all right, yeah, I can do this. I'm be- I belong here. Um, I think he could be a br- a bright star in in a sense next season. So question for you, and I know this is this might be a little bit off the cuff here, and this is this was brought up by some of our comments during the broadcast itself. Dane St. Clair had another questionable decision in net, deciding to jump six feet in the air when Johnny Russell would only be able to poke the ball on the ground and allow the third goal in, which, again, that goes back to Johnny Russell just being sandpaper and being tenacious and just not giving up. Getting up after a foul when he was complaining for a foul, getting up and getting right back in Michael Boxel's face and taking the ball off him inside the six-yard box and then just poking it past him for, for the goal. But it that that goal I know left a lot of loons fans and left a lot of us questioning, okay, what, what what's going on here? There's, there was a couple of questionable decisions and moments at the end of the season. His distribution's never been that great. Uh, and he's, he's always been billed as this guy who could, who could be the next goalkeeper to move on from MLS and go overseas this season. I don't think was his greatest display of that. And I don't, he'll be here next year. I would imagine unless some wild offer comes in from overseas, but, is he the long-term guy at that position for this club? I think I think he may be the long-term guy, but what we saw this year, it, I agree with you. It took it kind of took away those talks of you know somebody overseas trying to grab him up and and, and bring him over there. Uh, I feel like he kind of uh, just had a plateau season. It, it feel like he just came off last year and had you know just kind of stayed at the same level where, of course, we had hoped he would uh, jump up to the next level, and uh, he did not. So I think, yeah, it's a little letdown, but that doesn't mean that he still isn't the long-term guy. It just means that maybe his ceiling is not as high as we thought. But now next year he might come out and, you know, post, you know, 14 clean sheets, and and we're right back where we thought we were with him. But for right now, I think it's it's okay. I think he is the the goaltender still of the present and the future. Uh, but I think maybe our expectations have been uh, been you know lower just a little bit. Yeah, my my thing with Dane is like we know what we know his ceiling, and I think it's he can still only get better. Um, it's just the problem is you mix in a couple performances of like we saw the other night, where it's just like, and I and I know this is me easy to say this behind a microphone, not having played the goalkeeper position ever, but what are you doing on a couple of these, you know? <laughs> It, and, and I'm sure there's a thought process in the moment and there's the adrenaline of the game, but I trust 
that a, a consistently starting former MLS all-star, you know, all-star game MVP would have the right idea of what to do in certain situations. So, you know, I, I although I look at myself, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm saying this. But at the same time, I think it's validated to be like, what are you thinking on the one where you jump? Like you said, six feet in the air. And, you know, that's the dagger. So, um, is he the guy moving forward? I think yes, just because it's it's the easy answer. It's the simple answer. Maybe a new manager and maybe, a, you know, a different setup in front of him can be beneficial to his game. Because I think his positioning a lot of the times is just fine. It's just sometimes you, I mean, it's so-so at times, but for the most part, I would, I would take it rather than leave it. Um, yeah. It's just the chaotic stuff or the, the flounders that happen in front of him almost will set him up for a lack of success at times. And then it, ultimately, because he's the one letting in the goals in that position, it kind of falls onto him. Um, and, and, you know, I, he doesn't see in with that. I don't think he's ever in my knowledge of it been like, the, yeah, hey, they messed up or he's never gotten in the face of like right. this season, a Boxel or a Tapius or whoever. Um, hey, like you set me up here to fail. You can see the frustration. I don't he usually keeps his emotions rather in check. So um, moving forward, I think he is the guy. It's just this is a season for him to forget because um, you had such a great season the year prior. This one, it just, you know, there was a drop off, a noticeable drop off. And I think next season, same with not, not, not the same with Bristol, but this is going to be an off season that I think defines him to where in his own camp, he's going to have to train, get a little better, get his head right. Because being a goalie is, I mean, that's, that's more mental sometimes than physical. You know, you're kind of like the boxer in your own corner. You can only talk to so many people at certain times and you're, you're calling out to your defensive line and kind of instructing and whatnot. You're that leader on the back line. And we've seen him do a good job about that. There was just a drop off this season. So he needs to return to form next year. And I think next season you're going to get that decisive, like, is he the permanent fixture here or are they going to have to look to move for somebody else? My other question for roster related questions. We didn't get to it yet. Will trap on $850,000 this last season. That's what he cost towards the cap. 33 years old. If I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, been in the league for a long time, had his moments this season Been the captain the past two seasons. Do they bring him back in the midfield with what they have there to offer? Uh, you have Kerbin Ariaga presumably back next season. You have young or you have uh, Hassani Dotson, both young guys, twenty five and twenty six right now, if I'm remembering correctly. Guys who could man that midfield for quite a long time and play different roles for sure and be those box to box guys <clears throat> for you. Do you see Will Trap back next season or somewhere else uh, in the league next season? I, I I hope he's back only be, because well because I I think <clears throat> I like what he brings to this club without them spending a ton of money on him. Um, he is he is the the vocal leader of this club, um, and you have to have that guy, that veteran presence, that guy that has been through a lot, the guy that uh, is is good at knowing when to talk to players, when to not talk to players, what to say. Um, you have to have a guy like that. Um, and with Boxel late in his career, he was the guy for a while. Um, I don't know if we have that guy right now. And um, I think his presence is important with this team. And I think as a defensive mid, I think he's a guy you can lean on. So, um, you know, I'm kind of 
torn on that. I don't know that he is, you know, physically, talent-wise, the best fit for going forward. But but we don't know what kind of formation is coming up, you know, next year. So we don't know what the needs will be. All I know is that he has an intangible that this club needs going forward. And if it's not Will Trap, I'm not sure who it would be. So I'm. I'm AJ. I'm I'm obviously just kind of on the fence with Will Trapp. I really respect him a lot as the person he is and, and the leader on this team, but I'm not sure if if he's you know going forward going to be the guy. I value that leadership aspect maybe a little too much and that veteranness that he's going to bring to a lineup that's going to have some young guys behind him. And like you said, the the respect thing is there because I I would hate to have a new regime come in and then he almost feels like put on the back burner where you're expected to be a teacher and a mentor, but you're going to get, you know, maybe you get the cat, you're not playing as much. You get the captain armband stripped off you a majority of the time. And you're not, you're coming off the bench in a role that maybe you're not as comfortable in because you've been in the league and played for the team for so long. So um, it's going to come down to what the new manager and, and their staff wants to do. Um, if they value like a leader, a veteran guy like that, you know, I think he sticks around. I would love, I mean, I like him. I, I, I think he still offers an extent of like his play style benefits the team, but there is times where you're like, okay, you know, we're, we're lacking at certain aspects here. Um, if I, if, if I had to like decide one, I say he's back and he's playing somewhat consistent minutes, but I, I do want to see with a change. If you, you know, with a change of coaching, you need a change of personnel to an extent. And you have to kind of like usher in a new wave. You can't have somebody new come in here and expect them to just play with the same toys that have been here in Will, Will Trapp's case quite a while. You know, you got you got to go to the store and pick up something new at some point. So um, whether that's one of the young guys coming off or, you know, coming up the ranks and getting more playing time or you go out and, you know, make an acquisition of some sort. Um, but I like you said, the respect there and what he's given, I mean, he's been a great servant of the club so far. So it's hard to just willy nilly say, you know, I'll cast him aside and we'll push forward that easily. I, I, I think he does offer enough to the team to where he could be back and play a, a solid role next season. Yeah. I think for me, that leadership comes into aspect as well, because you're having new management in place. You're going to want a guy who is in charge of that locker room as will has been over the past two and a half seasons uh, to be there as well, to help kind of communicate with the locker room to the coaching staff and whatnot. And if you're going to have as much turnover as we think there might be on that back line, you're going to need someone in that midfield that has a veteran defensive mind and presence in front of them to help them out because there's going to be a lot of, if there's going to be a lot of turnover on that back line, there's certainly going to be a lot of mistakes because that's not a position that you want to be that's not a defensive or a position group that you want to be changing too much and too often. You want consistency back there because that, as we've seen in the past here in Minnesota, that's helped them with that consistency along that back line. So I don't know. I think I, I want to see him back just because as you guys said, I, I respect him. I like what he's brought to the club uh, from a leadership standpoint and selfishly, he's a good interview. It helps us uh, <laughs> with the pre-match broadcast. Uh, so I want to see him back, but also I would not be surprised if he's not because He's got, he'll have opportunities elsewhere. San Diego needs to build an entire roster. Is he going to be a guy that they decide that they want as their leader for the first couple of seasons? That's possibly, that's a, that's a nice possible option. Could he go back home to Columbus to end his career? I don't know. That's, that's probably certainly on his mind as well. So 
Uh, I think that's it for the questions I have for this season. Unless you guys got anything, I, I say well, let's jump right into mm-hmm. our accountability sessions. Yeah, let's do it. All right, yeah. let's. Uh, Dan, why don't you explain what the predictor is? Even though we're not actually going to pick anymore. If we were going to do the predictor, we would pick three matches upcoming, including a Minnesota United match if they had one coming up. Get a point every time you get a uh, winner or a draw correct. A bonus point if you correct the score exactly right. And so it's been a long season, and we've had uh, we've had a few. Um, Exact picks this year, a little more than last year. So that means we're getting better. We got another one this week. Nice. Yeah. It uh, oh. it provided a close race this season, whereas last season we ended, what was the final score? Let me pull up the sheet from last year. There was a seven-point gap between first and second, and then, AJ, you were all the way back, like 11 points back, but you only joined halfway through the season. This time, there is only a three-point gap between first and second, and then a two-point gap from second to third to end the season. So let's do our accountability session uh, left to right. As usual, boys, uh, we all three predicted, actually I'll just go straight in order of our picks that we made. We all mm-hmm. three predicted Minnesota would win. So none of us got those, those uh, predictions correct though. Dan, you did get the right scoreline, just the wrong team. Yeah. So, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that happens. That's what um, I get for being faithful. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, we all predict the Houston Portland match. Uh, mm-hmm. AJ, you said it'd be a two, two draw. It was not. Uh, I said it would be a 3-2 Houston win because I wanted Houston and needed Houston to win. They did win. Uh, Dan, though, said 3-1. He corrected, or he correctly predicted the scoreline. So congratulations, Dan. I was two points for that one. I get one point. AJ gets none. I was forced into that. You it's were. Not, you were back into that prediction. Nope, it's not what I would have picked. But then uh, comes down to the final game. You guys both picked the FC Dallas LA Galaxy game. Uh, excuse the noise in the background. He's thirsty. Uh, one second. Uh, you said, Dan, that FC Dallas would win 2-1. AJ, you said it would be a 3-1 win for FC Dallas. It was a 4-1 win, so you each get a point for that. I said San Jose, Austin would be a 0-0 draw. It was a 1-1 draw. So that means the final scores for the season and your reigning defending predictor champion, Jonathan Harrison, continues to be your reigning defending predictor champion with 41 <sighs> points on the season. AJ, you come back and finish in second place on 38 points. And Dan, you finish on 36. Why don't you guys talk about that quick? I like the, uh, it's like the, uh, it is like decision day for the MLS, AJ. There's parody. Uh, it comes right down to the last uh, day. And uh, I made a run at it. I fell short. I feel a little bit like the Minnesota United squad right now. So close, but I just didn't have it in me. So. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm glad I was at least in the race this year, last year, um, last year, starting halfway through. I never really felt like I had a chance. So I was just picking like random stuff and trying we to We gave you double points. That's true. But you know, it was, it was a pretty big gap to still close even with that boost. So I, uh, I'm happy that I finished second. Now, now I can set my sights on first for next season. So now we get on to write that down where if we were making picks, it is our other soccer related prediction, every prediction segment every week, where we make three soccer related predictions. They don't necessarily have to be score lines, but if you want to, you can, we'll keep track of those correct predictions throughout the year, call them goals in the winter. Uh, or the person who has the most goals at the end of the season wins the coveted golden boot. We've got some controversy, boys. Some controversy Uh-oh. on the final game of the season. Let's jump right into this. Let's do the accountability session here because we're not making picks. And because it's the end of the end of the season, there's a lot of them coming off the board. So starting right, or starting uh, from the least amount of goals this season, me last place can't catch up. I I said earlier this season Tiago Amada in our Golazo segment. I came way closer than I thought I would. 
I said he would finish the season with 30 goal contributions, goals and assists. He ended the season with 27. I came up three short from hitting a Colasso. That's pretty good. And he gets a red card on the final day. It's not like it would have helped him <laughs> in that matter. So, But uh, I said earlier this season as well that someone other than Reynoso or Bongi will be the leading goal scorer of this season. Well, thank you, Timu Puki and his four goals on against the Galaxy to boost up those numbers. I said Christian Ramirez will score double-digit goals this season. He was sitting on eight at, or seven at the time, scored one more on July 4th, and hasn't scored, hadn't scored since. So thank you for that, uh, Ramirez. Turns out Christian Ramirez is still Christian Ramirez. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Uh, I said Emmanuel Reynoso will lead the team in goal-scoring contributions at the end of the season. He finished with 10 goal-scoring contributions, according to FBRF. Timo Puki and Banghukle Kalangwane both finished with 11. So, yep, didn't get that one. Uh, I said Lionel Messi will, will win the Golden Boot this year. He finished with one goal in the regular season, didn't even come close. I said Banghukle Kalangwane and Emmanuel Reynoso will score double-digit goals this season. Neither of them did. I did say uh, Dane St. Clair will not be involved in, a, in another goal for Minnesota United this season after he got that assist against New England Revolution. He did not, so I get a point there. Uh, wow, I got a lot more to go off the board. Let's quickly get through this because I know we got a time crunch here. We got about 11 minutes left before AJ has to go. Said Messi will have at least 10 goal, goal involvements for Miami this season. Only at three. Minnesota will make the playoffs. They did not. Sporting Kansas City will not make the playoffs. They did not. Or they did. I said Emmanuel Reynoso will score at least two goals in the final two games of the season. They did, or he did not. I said Denny Boanga will win the Golden Boot. Tap in, bunt. There's another point for me. And then the final five predictions off the board for me this season were negative, saying mm. Minnesota will finish higher than ninth place. Chicago will make the playoffs. Timu Puki scores at least two goals this weekend. Dane St. Clair will record a clean sheet this weekend, and San Jose will not make the playoffs. None of those things happen. So he got three points on the, on the week to boost me up to 16 points. So then that leaves AJ. You were on 25 points to start to go into this week. You said you had your final things come off the board. You said Song Bin Yang will score three goals minimum by the end of the season. He only scored one. You did say, though, by the end of the season, Emmanuel Reynoso will have double-digit goal contributions. That came true. Uh, he had 10, so you get one point. Now you're up to 26. You go on to 27 points because you said Timo Puki will end the year with .7 goals per 90. He ended with .84 or something like that to end the season. Uh, and so you get a point there. You said, so now you're up to 26 or 27. You said Jan Gregish will score another goal from outside of the box. He did not. You yeah. said Dane St. Clair will record at least two clean sheets in the next five matches. He did not. You said Sporting Kansas City, though, will make the playoffs. They did uh, at the, at the, or at the behest of Minnesota. So you're up to 28. You said Minnesota will finish in ninth place. They did not. On decision day, there will be at least one hat trick across MLS. There was not. Uh, you said there will be five or less draws on decision day. There was two, I believe, or three. There's two or three. So you get a point there. You're on 29. Then you get your 30th point of the season by saying Minnesota will score after the 70th minute this weekend, and thanks to Michael Boxel's header, that came true in the 81st minute. So you're on 30 Ooh. points. You did say Ray and Pookie will score this weekend. They did not. So you finish on the season on 30 points after a five-goal final week of the season. Dan started the week on 27 points. Mm-hmm. You said earlier this season, Dane St. Clair will successfully stop a penalty kick this season. He did not in the regular season, so you don't get a point there. Uh, you do get a point. You're on 28 after you said Emmanuel Reynoso will lead MNUFC in MLS assists this season. He did lead in that department according to Major League Soccer and their their stupid double assists or secondary assists or whatever. <laughs> just just relax. Just so relax. You'll be fine. 
You said Bongi will finish the regular season as Minnesota United's leading goal scorer. He was not. Uh, Minnesota will have will not have a penalty kick goal penalty kick or goal overturned by VAR for the rest of the season. Uh, they did. They did not. So you get a point there. No. So actually, no controversy. Never mind. Uh, so you're on 28, 27 points or twenty nine points. I'm losing track here. Do a math on the go. Math, so Jonathan. Do math. You said Hanny Mukhtar will not win the Golden Boot. Congratulations, you got a point there. Uh, you said Jan Gregush will score two or more goals from outside the box this season. He did not. Uh, you said Austin, LA Galaxy. This is a hell of a pick uh, that you very nearly came off on. You said Austin, LA Galaxy, Colorado, and Toronto FC, New York Red Bulls, and Miami will not make the playoffs. And going into stoppage time of New York Red Bulls, Nashville, it looked like you were about to pull this one off. And then New York Red Bulls get a re- or get a penalty kick, and they score it to make the playoffs in the so 93rd close. minute of stoppage time. And so not only make the playoffs and break the hearts of uh, someone in, I think, Montreal, but also break your heart in that pick so you don't get a so point there. Yeah. You did say Denny Bongo will win the Golden Boot by at least two goals. He won it by at least three, so congratulations there. Then your final five all came off of the negative comment or column. You said Johnny Russell will not figure into goal scoring on decision day. Said San Jose will make will not make the playoffs. New York Red Bulls will make the playoffs. You got a point there. You get, you said they will make the playoffs. Man, my math is just terrible today. Uh, Minnesota's last goal of the season will be scored by Bongi. Nope. Uh, Minnesota's last yellow card of the season will be given to Will Trap. It was not. It was given to Michael Boxel. So you got one, two. And I'm gonna do this on the fly here. Three. According to my math, I'm at forty. Four. Four goals over this. Uh, five goals. Sorry. Over the last day, so you win on 32 goals this season, yes. Dan. No controversy, uh, never mind. Yes. I thought we were tied until I reread some things. Oh. Thought we were tied on Thursday. Yes. Yep. You win uh, the coveted golden boot. You win. Uh, the, write that down for the first time in the history of the show, Dan. Your your thoughts on winning this award this season? Well, now that I finally won it, I think it's time we probably find a golden boot. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so you can have it sitting in the background. I think it's got to yeah, be I need my trophy. doll that we've joked about forever. My trophy case is bare. I need yeah, something. Yeah, I'd say it'd be, it should be the Dreamcast, but uh, we haven't heard back about that yet, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, if, you, if you've got you've got an Adrian Heath bobblehead. Uh, we'll the, like the Adrian Heath gnome doll that, that oh. they, give, they gave out the first season. Can I spray paint it gold? If you want to. Okay, let's do it. That's All it. Right. There we go. Yeah. I'm not driving up to your house to give it to you, though, so you're oh, just going to have to wait till next season. Can you ship it? Sure, Venmo me some money. Ship it. (laughs) All right, that has been, write that down, that has been Loon Talk for this season, boys. And uh, it's been a good run. It's been fun. Disappointing end to the season for sure, but uh, it's fun having you. Having you, and clearly my kid's ready to go. So uh, I guess we'll get going, boys. We'll talk to you next season. Hey, it's been great. Great having you, AJ. Thanks, Jonathan. Been a great year. Yeah, so, ha- ha- happy to, you know, help out with this, and uh, hopefully I can still stay a part of it next season, despite not being on the board for most games. Yeah, we'll be all back next season uh, when the season starts. Excited to do that, and we'll talk to you then, Loons fans. We'll talk to you then, boys. See you. See you. See you.